0: is Jeff Punkrock Martin and I want to welcome you all to Weird Wednesday at the Joy Cinema and Publix here for you. That's what you call a cheap round of applause. Tonight we celebrate the fact that of the thousands of entertainment options that Tigert offers you chose to come here. Tonight on this screen Wait, first off, Weird Wednesday. Is there anyone who's never been to Weird Wednesday before? Anybody? Oh, a couple of you. This is great, wonderful. Thank you for coming. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Thank you. Well, as we like to say at Weird Wednesday, you get what you pay for. Tonight, on this screen, let's hear it for the wonderful Lon Chaney Jr. in Face of the Streaming Werewolf. Let's hear it. I can add so little more to this, to tonight's movie. Because we have somebody who knows more about horror movies, good and bad, than I will ever know. Wait, first off, next week on this screen, let's, if I may interrupt myself, next week on this screen for Weird Wednesday, let's hear it for a movie I like to call Invasion of the Bee girls Let's hear it. <laughs> I know you'll be here. Anyway, as I was saying before I so rudely interrupted myself, there's a young man in this crowd. He is the host of Monster Kid Radio. Let's hear it for Monster Kid Radio, a wonderful podcast. Let's hear it, guys. He knows his monster movies. He's going to tell you about this one, and his name is—he is Geek Brother Number One. Let's hear it for the one and only, Mr. Derek M. Cook. Here he is. Mr.
1: Derek, come on for Jeff. Come on Invasion of the Bee Girls. Might try to make it out here for that. Um, it's directed by Nicholas Meyer, who directed Star Trek 2 and Six. So. Uh, Yeah, it was earlier in his career. Anyway, you got your mummy in my werewolf movie, or you got your werewolf in my mummy movie. We're talking about Face of the Screaming Werewolf tonight here at the Joy Cinema, and I'm thrilled to be here to watch it with you guys and gals. Uh, Like Jeff said, my name is Derek M. Cook. I'm the producer, uh, co-host. I am the host, and producer, and writer, and all that other stuff of Monster Kid Radio, which is a podcast that I produce less than 10 minutes from here at my home. It comes out every week, and we talk about the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear, and last Week, we just celebrated episode 400. So uh, we've been going for a little while, and I'm having a blast. We're not stopping anytime soon, except tonight I should be at home working on episode 401. Instead, I'm here. I don't know if I made the right choice. We're going to find out by the time the movie's over. How many people here have seen this movie before? Oh boy, one hand. All right, let me, let me maybe kind of back up here. Did you guys have a good Christmas, a good holiday? Yeah? And you're going to ruin it by what? Okay. Um, Okay, you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, on Monster Kid Radio, we're all about celebrating these movies and finding things that we love about them. And, yeah, this one might have some dodgy production values and some really odd editing choices I'll tell you about here in a second. But the bottom line is it's hard for me to find a Lon Chaney Jr. movie that doesn't make me smile in one way or another. Um, This is not the Wolfman, okay? This is not the quality universal pictures that he's known for in the 40s and then a little bit into the 50s. I mean, Lon Chaney Jr. is the guy at Universal Studios that played the most monsters in their iconic monster movies. He did The Wolfman, of course, but he played Frankenstein's monster once. He played Dracula instead of Dracula, and he played The Mummy, Karis, not Imhotep, three times. So, I mean, he's got all this monster stuff under his belt, and he loved some of them, like playing The Wolfman, didn't like some of them, like playing The Mummy, because The Mummy... He just hated the makeup, being kind of bound up in all those wrappings and all that. It wasn't very comfortable. Whereas with The Wolfman, he really kind of found something to sink his canine teeth into. Sorry. Anyway, you're going to get the best of both worlds, at least according to Lon, in this film, because you got werewolves and mummies. Now, this movie was produced by a guy by the name of Jerry Warren. Is anybody familiar with what Jerry Warren used to do? Okay, so Jerry Warren was one of these guys who would find... Well, he started making movies normally, you know, he started working in the 40s, I think maybe even further back than that, but after a while it got to be, I don't know, maybe too difficult for him. Uh, So he started bringing in movies from other markets, specifically the Spanish-speaking market down in Mexico, and then dubbing them and releasing them up here. And then eventually that, you know, didn't quite work out as well as he wanted to, so he started bringing up movies and then shooting his own footage and putting them into his movies. Face of the Screaming Werewolf is made up of two films. I think I can get them right. Uh, one's an Aztec mummy film, and the other one is Spanish for House of Terror. I don't speak Spanish, so I, I'm not even going to try. But these are two Mexican monster movies, one that does star Lon Chaney Jr., that he bought the rights to, brought up to the States, recut, dubbed, and then shot some new footage and put it all together to make Face of the Screaming Werewolf. Um, it's, it's kind of a mess, but it's a fun <laughs> Glorious mess, and I have so much fun, like I said, watching Lon Chaney Jr. And really, if you think about it, I mean, that that takes some creativity, right? To take two movies and then kind of remix them a little bit and put some... I might be giving this movie a little bit more credit. But but the bottom line is I enjoy the movie, and I'm really thrilled that Jeff allows me to get up here and kind of talk to your guys' ear off a little bit about these movies before we show the films. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here again. You can find me at monsterkidradio.net. That's the main website for the podcast. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. and I mean, just Google Monster Kid Radio. I'm going to come up. And like I said, we put out new episodes every week. Instead of episode 401 going out this week, though, even though I should be doing that now instead of watching this, uh, we're going to put out a recording of, well, this. Uh, And then after the movie, I'm going to get together with a couple of my friends in the back and probably chat a little bit about the film. So if you see us recording, come by and say hi. Let us know what you thought of the film. Again, thank you to Jeff. Thanks to the joy. Thanks to you guys and gals for making this part of uh, my holiday experience here at Weird Wednesday. And if y'all are ready, and if Jeff is ready, let's start the show. Uh, just got out of the movie. Uh, I hope the listeners are enjoying our uh, so brief coverage of Face of the Screaming Werewolf, since I'm not doing a regular episode this week. A couple of different reasons why I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, we're at the Joy Cinema still, and, and the movie's so fresh in my mind. This is not the first time I've seen it. But it is the first time that Scott Morris has seen it. Scott is here live and in person in in Oregon at the Joy Cinema and just had his life changed. What do you think of the movie? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm afraid
2: I don't think I can really comment on it because I don't think I saw it. The, the, the movie, I remember the very beginning of it, there was a, a woman in some sort of what surgery or something. But they had this spinning thing and I actually looked at it too closely. And I think it hypnotized me because all I can remember is there was some aztec something going on uh there was a uh, a mummy that turned into a werewolf that visited the house of wax set and then another mummy showed up who got hit by a car so there was a mummy in a car accident i i, I think
1: that, that, that couldn't have been the movie that i think you just described the movie pretty perfectly um, David Heath is here as well. Have you seen this movie before? No, I had not. And, and was your life changed?
3: Forever. <laughs>
1: Forever. Um, this movie, like I said, is not the first time I've seen this one, but every time I see it, I learn something new about myself. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't. This movie is it's kind of a train wreck, but you know, I'm a big fan of the. the relatively recent phenomenon of fan edits, where people go in and take like a popular film and maybe kind of change the edit a little bit. There's a fairly okay fan edit, of, like, say, Conan the Destroyer that makes the movie a little better. Um, I feel like this is like a fan edit, going back to the 60s, pulling a couple of different movies together and and making something else. I probably should have told the crowd that uh, one of the movies that that Jerry Warren kind of cut up and used in this was a comedy. um, Intentionally so. Uh, and when he used it He went and he cut all the comic stuff out But there's still some Crazy cuts and uh, Bonks on the heads and Falling down things and, and I, I know I heard you laugh at least once Scott
2: There was some scenes Especially with the police officers They would show up Somewhere and it, it obviously looked Like they were from a different movie But it also looked like they were staring Off into the void <laughs> Like they were in another dimension, not only from another movie.
1: <laughs> Had a very uh, madman from Mandora's versus they stole Hitler's brain kind of vibe.
3: Exactly. Where- exactly.
1: <laughs> you going to say
3: something? Yeah. So the movie is so badly edited that he's running around with this woman and he carries her down the stairs. And then 10 minutes later, he meets her for the first time and kidnaps her. It's, I'm sure those were cut on the wrong out of sequence. The,
1: the whole thing is just, it's a glorious mess and, and it's kind of hard to see. There, I don't think there's really a good transfer or print of this in existence anymore. Um, Jerry Warren was not one for archiving a lot of his material. He's kind of a, you know, show it, get some money out of it, move on to the next one.
2: Well, I get the impression that this was probably done on the cheap. I, I bet it looked like this after he was
1: done with it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah, it was definitely done on the cheap. Um, there was a quote, and I'm not going to get it out right now, get it out in the car, but uh, there's a quote from Jerry Warren talking about his uh, philosophy toward making these kinds of movies, which are basically get as much money as I can, make the movie, Maybe make a buck or two. Yeah, it's probably not fair to the public, but you know, I'm going to make another movie. So uh, and that's kind of like the, the the vibe I get from this thing.
3: Well, it, it suckered me at first because they were doing this going back in time through hypnotism, which reminded me of you know The Hounds of Tenedos. I was thinking, you know, this Ooh. might have this this might have some concept because I was thinking about writing something like that where you're psychically projecting, and then they go into like 20 minutes in this National Geographic done by Disney of. What Mayans are not like I am sure But at first It suckered me Because I thought I like that whole Psychic traveling idea
1: Okay For the for the, uh, the Mayan Maybe Aztec Ambiguously Mexican uh, Ritual that went on For a good like 79 minutes Yeah Yeah That, that whole bit That Oh Were you going to say something?
2: Uh, I just hope you have the soundtrack because I want that song that that woman was singing at least she was singing part of the time because there was sometimes there was singing and no mouth movement.
1: yeah, I think that's probably a result of uh, Jerry Warren not really doing a great job um, editing this thing together and paying attention to things like continuity, sound lighting. um. <laughs> The fact that he was making a movie. The fact that he was making a movie. What did you say? Rationality. Rationality. Um, the, so, I, like I said, I got a They Saved Hitler's Praying vibe off of it. Well, me too. Me too. I also got, man, I'm going to mention a good movie here. Not, you know what I mean. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Bec- or, excuse me. Let me take that back. King Kong versus Godzilla is the vibe I got every time they cut to the news reporter. Because that, that was a very American version of King Kong versus Godzilla. And I just kept thinking, man, that's one way to cover a bunch of stuff you don't want to edit together. Just cut to the news desk.
3: <laughs> and, and that they have a, a main character die and that's a, all it is is it pops up as a this newspaper. And you, you see that this main character died. and Well, the mummy was
1: destroyed. They had to let us know that somehow. <laughs> well, it was also the woman. She dies as well. But
2: then, is she the same woman that Lon Chaney is carrying around at the end of the movie? Or is it a different mo- different woman? I-,
1: I, It's hard to tell because the print or the transfer is so washed out. I think pretty much every copy of this people are able to play, um, it's video. And it's degraded. And it is what it is. Are you going to say something, man?
0: you going to say something? Well, it's just that, uh, okay, the, the woman that Lon Chaney was
3: carrying at the end, I was assuming it was one of the two that the uh, werewolf uh, um, assaulted going down the street. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I, now I'm waiting. Now i got to go and see a quality picture after this, something like, oh, Frankenstein Island.
1: See, that's another Jerry Warren project. I know. That's why I said that. <laughs> hey,
4: happy
1: new year. <laughs> um, you know, there's just something about Lon Chaney that even if it's a movie like this or Dracula vs. Frankenstein, the last time I was at the Joy, I still dig it. But there's something about the werewolf makeup that just did not work. And I, I can't put my finger on it. What did you guys think of the werewolf uh, makeup, David?
3: Um, it was there.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not Jack Pierce. No, no, it
3: wasn't. It, it wasn't terrible. And that's it. If it had been terrible, it ears. Would have been better. It was the
1: ears. Because I don't think Jack Pierce had ears, did he? He looked more like a cute puppy than a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a Scotty dog. Yeah, exactly. A Scotty dog. That's exactly what you looked like. Did you want to say something about the movie, man?
4: Uh, yeah. um... I, I I thought it, it kind of it kind of anticipates some of the Paul Nashie movies in some ways.
1: I could see that for sure, especially the earlier ones that were brought over here. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, I think the Paul Nashie films are probably
4: uh, better. Uh, I think yeah, I, I definitely think so too. For you know, um, although I, I did kind of like the makeup in this one a little bit, I did like the fact that he did have pointed ears.
1: Yeah, the ears, it just occurred to me, yeah, it was the ears that looked a little different. Um, I think the Lap Dissolves kind of sort of worked, about as good as they ever did for Universal. Um, I don't have the soundtrack, unfortunately, Scott, sorry.
2: The Lap Dissolves actually reminded me more of Hammer, actually, than Universal.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I did like the Hand one, though. That one, I think, worked really well. The
2: Hand was good. The Hand was good.
1: Um, And the Mummy stuff... I mean it's Lon Cheney with paper mache collapsed all over his face, so and I love my lawn, and I'm not saying anything I mean, this is not disrespectful when I say this, although he's not meant to be. Nineteen sixties Lawn was not the Svelte man that nineteen forties Lawn was. He did not have the emaciated mummy
3: look. I'm just saying. No. And and I read too much into it. I sort of write my own story. But I love this scientific institution that's also a wax museum. And, you know, I could, yeah, the, the, the time traveling hypnotism, the, the, the scientific, I mean, why was there a wax museum in their lab? They're, they're just, but I can make a good story about it, I'm sure.
2: Well, it wasn't just a lab, it was a hidden lab because they had a secret switch. So I'm but, guessing but the that don't
3: dur- knew what it was when they yeah. went there. They said it was the lab, and then we they go into the wax museum.
2: Well, I'm just figuring out during the day they have like kids and, and tours going through there for the um, the wax museum, and then at night there's the secret lab where they're doing um, experiments on on werewolves.
3: It's a we're, a we're lab. It changes at night. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and see, I think if I were to say this movie has. A, Okay, it's got a lot of flaws, but if I were to say this movie had, like, one fundamental flaw, is that it reminds you of other movies that are better produced or better made. House of Wax, The Wolfman, any of the mummy movies. Even any of the Aztec mummy movies, I think, are enjoyable. This one does have some serious pacing issues, long stretches with no dialogue. I think you only hear Lon Chaney speak once, and that's just him going, as he's coming out of a a werewolf attack.
2: And I believe that's dubbed.
1: I don't think it was live...
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I the whole time I was waiting for him to speak because I wanted to hear his voice, and I don't think that he spoke at all.
1: I agree. Um, and then even going back to reminding you of other movies, some of the sound effects are from Forbidden Planet. So I mean, come on. <laughs> um, I know I'm kind of being a little down on the movie, and I, I hope people know this is just coming from a sarcastic point of view. I still enjoyed my time here. Um, has it ever been on the Mystery Science
2: Theater 3000? No, I have never seen this in any form whatsoever. And I, too, I I had a blast watching this thing. It was, I had no idea what to expect. I'd never even heard of this title before you told me what we were going to see tonight. And I had a blast watching this thing. It, it's not good. I, I would not recommend this if you were going to sit down and pop it into a DVD player and you're sitting by yourself, no, don't watch this movie. But if you're coming to a theater with like-minded people that are looking for a good time, this was fun.
3: Yeah, that, that's the theater zeitgeist is, yes, because you laugh when other people laugh, and you're not embarrassed because you're laughing at this thing that's not supposed to be funny because everybody else is laughing at it. So it is. It's, it's the experience, not the movie. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I find myself, uh, and I tried to keep it under control because I don't want to be the guy that's laughing so loud that is drawing attention away from the film for other people. But yeah, you probably heard me behind you because I, I, I was sitting behind Scott. I was kind of falling a few times. It was
3: laughing at the things I was laughing at. It was pretty much, I mean, it's a late night free monster movie. It's going to attract a certain type of people that have a certain type of sense of humor and sort of just are going to be very similar.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, I want to wrap up because it's getting late. we got to get Scott home before he turns into a pumpkin. Um, Final thoughts about... Marriage turns into a pumpkin. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside joke. Um, Final thoughts about the film before I turn off the recorder and we go out to the car. I enjoyed the film. And um,
2: it's like you you, you take... A whole bunch of movies, take their, their best parts of them, set those aside, and put everything else in a blender, and this is what you get.
3: <laughs> what about you, David? That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, this is a blender movie. And, and, you know, edited by blender, you know, written by blender. So It's
4: exactly
3: the same.
1: Do you have any final thoughts you want to share about the film?
4: I, yeah, I, it, it makes me uh, excuse me, but anyway, it makes me want to see the two original films separately just to see what they they are actually, I, I don't think they were really great to begin with, but but this movie doesn't give them a chance or anything. It's just, you know, it jumps all over the place. That, you know, like you said, was pretty, <laughs> was pretty, you know, for want of a better word and everything.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. And um, one of them is an Aztec mummy movie, and the other one I think is called Casa del Terror. Casa del Terror. So, yeah. And um, people can track those down. Check them out. Lon Chaney's in the Casa del Terror film. Uh, that was not the extra footage that was shot. <laughs> Surprisingly, Lon Chaney actually went to Mexico to shoot some of this stuff. Um Reportedly wasn't too happy about his experience there, but hey, we got face of the screaming werewolf out of it, right? Yeah
4: (laughs) Um, one more thing I want yeah. to say. Yeah. Also, as a matter of fact, originally he was considered by, he was going to do the original Volodymyr Donetsky film um, by Paul Nashie, but he was too ill at the time, so that's how Paul Nashie stepped in to become... I'd heard that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. I actually have a, a YouTube series that we'll be launching soon where I'm going through all the Paul Nashie films for the first time because I've only seen like three, and I'm going to talk about that because uh, it's good stuff. Okay, <laughs> sure.
2: Want to say one more thing? Oh, uh, if you find yourself in this part of the country and it's a Wednesday, you've got to come here to the Joy Cinema. Um, I'm all the way from Indiana, and I'm glad uh, that that the Joy decided to. You know, it's the day after Christmas, and they still had it because I'm I'm so happy that I made it here finally to to the Joy. So thanks uh, to them for for doing this.
3: One last thing too is. I have In the last five years I've been here, I have this feeling that Portland is becoming a generic big city, a lot like Seattle is and San Francisco is. And, things and like, all
1: my listeners in Seattle and San Francisco just turned off. Thanks, David. No, I'm kidding. Well, but okay.
3: but the, the things like this keeps Portland that weird personality, that things are disappearing like the food carts. That's because Jeff
1: Punkrock Martin knows how to put on a good show.
3: <laughs> he
1: didn't hear me. Yeah, I want to do one more thing in the car before we uh, head home, uh, because this is pretty much the episode people are going to be getting on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Uh, there was an interview that uh, Jerry Warren gave to Tom Weaver, friend of the show, and I wanted to read this quote. I chewed one day on this stuff and throw it together. I was in the business to make money. I never ever tried in any way to compete or to make something worthwhile. I only did enough to get by so they would buy it, so it would play, and so I'd get a few dollars. It's not very fair to the public, I guess, but that was my attitude. You didn't have to go all out and make a really good picture. <laughs> Does that change your thoughts on the film?
2: I, I would say he succeeded. <laughs>
1: So, this is the episode people are getting uh, this time around. It's not episode 401. What's going to happen, just so people know, is episode 401 will actually be coming out next week. Uh, what you're getting now is kind of like a little special thing. And then there's going to be another special thing coming out within the next few days where we're going to be catching up on a bunch of feedback on the show with Brenda. And Scott and his wife Tracy have agreed to join us for that as well since they're still in town and staying at our place. they got to earn their keep somehow. So, I'm going to put them on the show. Um Not that it was much of a fight to do it. Scott's a pro of this stuff, as is Tracy. Anyway, uh, that's what you're going to get. And then 401 will be coming out next week, where we wrap up our Dark Shadows coverage. And uh, Steve Solomon will be happy to know that uh, that means there's a little bit of January. It's not just December, because 401 will be coming out in January. So, Steve wins. Anyway, uh, this is it for Monster Kid Radio. Uh, Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribute. Creative Commons, non derivative something 3.0. Man, I thought I had it down. <laughs> I really thought I had it down. I was impressed. No. I thought, wow, he's professional. Monster Kid Radio, LLC. It's Creative Commons. It's on the website. Check it out at monsterkidradio.net. For David, for Scott, I'm Derek, and we're out. Talk to everybody in a few days. Ciao.